once was a Catholic who had a non-Catholic friend who was very interested in the faith. And they had much discussions, and it seemed like his non-Catholic friend was growing closer and closer to converting, uh, even almost interested in joining you know, the RCIA program. Uh, but he said he wanted to go visit the Vatican and see you know, the, the heart of the church there. And his Catholic friend was a little worried that he might actually be a little scandalized at what you know, kind of goes on. But so his, his friend goes and he comes back saying, I want to join RCA as soon as possible. And his friend, his Catholic friend was a little surprised. You know, what, what, what made you uh, think this? And his non-Catholic friend said, having seen the men who run the church, now I know only God allows the church to continue, for it could not survive on its own with these kind of people. You know, the church is indeed made up of sinners. And all throughout our history, there are definitely some blemishes, yet that does not mean the church is not holy in one of its characteristic marks as we profess in our creed. I had a teacher in, uh, in college. She said she actually converted while getting her doctorate studying history because she studied medieval history and she saw how much corruption there was, especially even from the Pope down with all the bishops in certain eras of the church, right? And you would think that would scandalize her to the point of being disgusted with the church, but no, she converted because she realized, all right, if the church survived all these dark periods in its lifetime, then surely God is sustaining it. Because such corrupt, evil people would only allow that institution to crumble. Often, you know, you might hear some people say, hey, the church is made up of sinners. Why should I belong to such a church? Well, you flip it the other way around, you're always going to have an excuse, right? The church is too holy. I'm not worthy to join. You know, and it's precisely that reason why God allows there to be sinners in the church because it's precisely for us sinners. Who are sinners? All of us. That's why at Mass we are always starting Mass with confessing our sins and asking God for forgiveness. Confessing to God and to the saints and to each other. Those who say they have no sin are a liar, says the Bible. We are all in need of repentance, of change. You know, as Pope Francis reminds us, the, the church is a hospital for sinners. And what do we do at the hospital? We have to take certain actions. You know, we have to take what is the medicine prescribed for us or the therapy assigned to us in order that we might get better. You know, we can't, we don't just go into the hospital and don't expect to not do anything and expect to get better. The point is to get better and we have to do something about that.
and simply then all that takes is a humble and contrite heart that we might accept the Lord's mercy. That's what our readings are all about today, is that beautiful contrast of God's mercy with his justice. And Jesus tells us, now is the time for mercy. That's why he shares this parable of the field. You remember in Jesus' parables, there's always a little twist. They're almost like little riddles, something that'll jump out to the ancient Israelite listener. Jesus doesn't seem to be giving good agricultural advice here uh, with this farmer saying, don't pull up the weeds just yet. Now, I don't garden, but I hear enough gardeners say how much they're always weeding. And they always want to grab those weeds early on, right? But Jesus says this farmer, this field owner, he waits for the wheat and the weeds to grow up together. Why? Because he wants to have mercy on all the wheat. He does not want to lose one grain of wheat. And he also wants to make sure all those weeds are actually weeds because maybe what looks like a weed might not be a weed in the end. There's a certain kind of uh, wheat that has weeds, I don't know the actual name of it, but it looks similar to the wheat, and you can only tell the, the, the two apart whenever they start bearing fruit and the bulbs grow. And so Jesus is saying, now is the time for mercy because he wants to give all those who may even appear to be weeds that they might repent and show themselves to actually be wheat. And then what happens? The final judgment. And that is the time for justice. So many of us always ask when dealing with a tragic situation, especially when caused by the evil of another, you know, why did God allow this? Where's justice? And often we seek justice, maybe even through vengeance. But God ultimately will establish justice. Justice will ultimately come at the end of the age, at the end of time, when he comes again to judge the living and the dead. And he talks about, when he explains this parable, he says, the Son of Man will send his angels and they will collect out of his kingdom all who cause others to sin and all evildoers. They will throw them into the fiery furnace where there will be wailing and grinding of teeth. They will be judged and found not worthy to enter into the kingdom. These evildoers perhaps thought what they even, the evil they were doing was good, but they were deceived because of their stony and hard hearts. 
And that is what brings them to hell. Now is the time for mercy, though. Jesus is beckoning all of us and all sinners, especially those not in the state of grace, to turn to him. Yesterday, we celebrated the, the feast of St. Mary Magdalene, great saint, the model of all penitence. And uh, I felt inspired to read some excerpts from Blessed Anne Catherine Emmerich on her visions of the life of Jesus Christ. Now, it's private revelation, you don't have to believe it, but at the very least, she provides very good uh, meditative descriptions of the life of Jesus. And she describes there the first conversion of St. Mary Magdalene before she relapses into sin and is possessed by seven demons. She goes at the beckoning of Lazarus and Martha to hear Jesus preach. And Jesus is preaching about the need for, you know, especially the Pharisees there to uh, repent of their stony hearts. And she said at a certain point, Jesus became just full of love and beckoning the sinners to come to him, you know, shedding tears of compassion and saying, come to me, all you who are laden and heavy, burdened with guilt, come to me. If even just one soul would come to me, I would do anything to purchase it, even lay down my life. Jesus did exactly that. He would go through the same wounds, the greatest torment any human could go through because of his infinite love for even just one of us sinners. His mercy is gushing forth upon us. All he asks of us is to soften our hearts and allow that mercy to enter in. To have a humble and contrite heart, a repentant heart. And he'll keep giving us those opportunities until the end of our time. And he'll give the human family, his children, those opportunities until the end of all time, until the end of age. We heard in the first reading from the Book of Wisdom in chapter 12, how God is sovereign, how he is full of justice and yet merciful. You have given your children good ground for hope that you would permit repentance for their sins. Now the context of this chapter is, it's talking about the Canaanites. This is the chapter about the Canaanites in the Book of Wisdom. And just right before this passage that we read, it talks about how the Canaanites were evil people. They were in need of repentance. They sacrificed their own children to pagan gods. And this was actually a form of birth control for them because of their sexual promiscuity. They were willing to kill their own children. Sound like the, uh, the modern West, huh? And the Book of Wisdom is dealing with how, why Israel sees such evil going on and why is God allowing that for hundreds of years, such evil to take place. 
And our passage answers that question because God is just, yes, and he is in control of things, but he is also merciful, and he wants to give those Canaanites down to the last one a chance to repent. He thirsts for their souls, and out of his mercy, that is why he allows such evil to take place. As we proclaimed on our responsorial psalm, the Lord is good and forgiving. We ask him to attend to the sound of our pleading, but he is the one, really, who is asking us to answer him. He calls out to us, and he wants us to take advantage of this time of mercy now. That's why he told St. Faustina, now is the time for mercy. I come as your merciful savior before I come as the just judge. Now is the time to take advantage. And now is the time to also pray for all those around us, whether in the church or outside, for we pray that they too will be counted among the wheat at the end of time. And maybe we have to even deal with some of those weeds right next to us. Maybe we even have to live right next to some of the weeds. But nonetheless, we pray for them because we do not want them to be burned up like the weeds at the end. You know, St. Maria Goretti, she's a great example of that. She lived right next to what seemed like a very poor weed. Her neighbor ended up, of course, attacking her. She was only 12 years old. And she fought back in defense of her purity and telling him, you know, this is a sin, stop. So he stabbed her multiple times, and while she was in the hospital, she said, I forgive him. She too, she knows she had received the mercy of God, and she was merciful on her neighbor. Well, that young man was sentenced to jail for almost 50 or 60 years, and while in prison, he ended up repenting. And he actually showed up. He was in St. Peter's Basilica Square at St. Maria Goretti's canonization because he knew that she had forgiven him, and if she can forgive him, he knew God could also forgive him. She was an instrument of mercy. She was a witness to God's mercy that we have until our last breath to ask for mercy. For if we don't accept the mercy, and we have God's judgment, his justice, to deal with. May we accept the Lord's mercy and pray for others that they receive the mercy of God, especially by praying the Divine Mercy Chaplet every day, that all may come to experience the goodness of the Lord, the forgiveness of the Lord, and that we might share in his kingdom at the end of time. Are you a Marian helper? 
Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit DivineMercyPlus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's DivineMercyPlus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily Masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.